good afternoon. It's Wednesday. Wednesday, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the 15th of January, and uh, this is the first Coffee Chat uh, podcast. My name's Ian Simpson. I'm PT Learning, ICT for Learning at Robert Gordon's College in Aberdeen. And I'm Martin Coots. I'm an Education Support Officer with Aberdeen City Council with a remit for Learning Technologies. And in a previous life, I was a math teacher with a focus on technology and learning. That's an extremely large sort of uh, business card you have to have. It really is, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, most people's uh, business cards are on a little A7 or an A8 piece of card. Mine is, mine is A3. Yeah, yeah it's basically right. just a billboard. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought my job title was long. So uh, what we're going to do with this first podcast is we're going to talk a bit about uh, how teachers can critically evaluate apps and um, make sure that the things that they choose for their learning and teaching is best suited to um, the, the purpose of using the educational technology. Um, I kind of chose this uh, topic, so I'm, I'm going to start off uh, with a little bit of background. Um, I was at um, EdTech Teacher iPad Summit in Boston and sort of heard about um, the SAMR model and and that's fine about sort of how do you integrate tech into your uh, lessons by, by substitution, augmentation, modification, or redefinition. But uh, it doesn't really help when you're trying to select the apps for your subject. And uh, so I looked a little bit into that, and the, the sort of main idea behind it was that I was trying to work out how teachers and not just me could evaluate or critically evaluate uh, which apps had value to students and teachers, and identify some pain points for integration into the classroom. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah uh, absolutely brilliant. It's um, it's one of the things from my sort of standpoint where I'm kind of going out to schools and they're they're looking at iPads, they're looking at Nexus devices, they're looking at any sort of technology that they want to bring in. And the first question is, what type of apps do you recommend? And the question isn't the apps that I recommend. It's you research the apps yourself and you find out how they actually work within your teaching and learning setting. It's not so much. I think this app is great. I mean, I could, I could give a, you know, I could give a, a an almost an exhaustive list of um, apps that I think would work within a teaching and learning setting. But just like some teacher might like textbook A and another teacher might like textbook B, it's the same with apps. And it's it's like you say, how do you actually evaluate a the a whether the app is actually doing the input that you want it to, and b does it really have an impact on learning and teaching and is it going to be a worthwhile app so the fact that, that this is here to actually um, you know this rubric is here to uh, help teachers evaluate the impact of an app and whether or not that app has got any place in their learning and teaching is a, is a great way to take it forward Yeah, I, just, I better explain that because uh, uh, you can't see what's going on but the, um, the, we've got uh, two printers in front of us uh, myself and Martin, we've got uh, an educational app evaluation rubric and that was created by Tony Vincent um, and they've got Kathy Schrock, who was also at the, the EdTech Teacher Boston Summit, but I never met, I never bumped into her. Um, and she's sort of taken Tony's rubric a little bit further, and she's uh, sort of introduced us our checklist um, and sort of tried to identify what level in Bloom's taxonomy um, is addressed by the app that's been evaluated. Um, and I think, you know, what you were saying, Martin, about having lists of, or almost exhaustive lists of apps. I think a lot of teachers expect that from, especially from, you know, folk in, in our position where you go out to schools and they expect you to have all the answers. But it must be really yeah. frustrating um, for some teachers when you give them the, the exhaustive list of apps and they download them and they can't see how that 
links with their current teaching practice. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. It's it. Yeah, it's yes. We find this app works. How does it work? You know, what does it do? What? How? How would we actually use this in teaching and learning? So yes, um, I'm just thinking. We we've got these as a electronic format, don't we? So we could shift shift these into a Dropbox and share the link. In uh, the uh, in the podcast description, so you can actually, if you are listening to this, and thanks very much if you are, um, if you want to see the the documents that we're actually working uh, from today and actually talking about, we'll put them into the we'll put the links into the um, into the podcast description so that you can actually download them and have a, a look for yourself and maybe stick them into your own um, evaluation of of uh, apps and hopefully take yourself forward a wee bit. Absolutely, and I think you know anything that you're going to do. When you're introducing any kind of educational technology, um, and this needs not have to apply to tablet apps or, or phone apps, it could apply to the applications you've got on Windows networks yeah. as well. I mean, it should, it should, you should be only really using the applications or computer programs that will help you teach or help kids learn, and anything else should be, you know, discarded. But unless you do go through that process of evaluation, um, and someone does, someone does that either in your department or you do it individually, then. Um, you're going to end up with an awful lot of things, like I am at the moment, a lot of things which are installed in my computer network, in my classroom, in my department, which I don't really make full use of because it doesn't really apply to the way that I teach my course. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I, and I think just coming back to what you were saying, we're not just talking about phone, um, phone, uh, smartphones or, or tablets here. We're talking about. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a progression of what um, we're like now. We no longer see programs. We no longer say, "Oh, I've just downloaded a program." You say, "I've downloaded an application." And when we when we say application, the, the, I think the immediate thought is an application on a on a Play Store or an iOS App Store or a Windows Windows Media Store. And um, but what we mean in essence is any program that can be used in, in learning and teaching. And as Ian quite rightly said, it, there has to be an evaluation of it. It's you don't want to clutter a device or a or a network with a a, a a catalogue of useless applications that really have no no use anymore. Uh, they may still be very relevant, but whether or not they actually have a use in your teaching and learning is is a is a huge thing that um, has to be evaluated. And hopefully, we'll steer you in the right direction with some of these tips and tricks. Absolutely. I mean, uh, like like I say, you know, this is developed by Tony Vincent and, and Kathy Schrock. I mean, we didn't come up with this. Um, and, and certainly, you know, a rubric's more of an American kind of idea. Yeah. Uh, certainly it's not something that's common in Scotland, but I think this will help teachers kind of... Because you have to have something where you've, you've got an outcome you can say, yeah, that's that's probably the best out of four apps. And how, how do you come up with that sort of gra- grading um, if, if you want? You, you've got to use things like you know, tick boxes or you've got to give them scores yeah. for certain things. So I was going to look at Tony's first. Um, yeah, that's fine. Let's delve into it. Yep, so um, he was... The, the kind of categories that Tony's got in his uh, app evaluation rubric are relevance and customization, um, the, the feedback that's provided, the thinking skills that the app should encourage, um, how usable it is, um, whether the teacher observes uh, sort of a, a, a high level motivation, so how, how engaged the people, and um, this is probably most important how easy it is to get data that's inputted into the app out to maybe other apps or out to um, you know off off of the device uh, or the, or the computer system that you're using. So workflow, how how yeah, you actually exactly. yeah how do you get it from 
people created to teach an evaluation of the pupil understanding, so no. workflow. And again, you're, you've heard it, I've heard it, I'm sure people listening have heard it as well, is how do we get the information that we created on any device into a position where we can share it with others. So yeah, workflow is a, is a sort of a big, big one. So that I would agree with you that sharing is probably one of the, certainly for me, the ability to share from an application or a program is one of the, the highest things on my list to actually look at. That's it. I mean, a lot of the discussion at the, the Edit Teacher iPad Summit was about um, app synergy or app smashing, where you use a, a, any number of apps in any way you want to create new content. And to do that, you have to be able to export data from different yeah. apps. Um, so the, so that, I felt that was a really good um, sort of... Um, way to evaluate um, or, or, or focus for evaluation rather. Yeah. Brilliant. But you know, if, if some of these things don't fit the, the app, uh, then obviously you can't you can't rate it on that. So um, don't feel that this is a you know a do or die kind of list of, of things that you must use yeah, in evaluation. It's not, it's not set in stone, it's it's a it's a, a starter for ten if you like. And exactly. now you can actually take it forward. Yeah. And I mean Kathy's got a slightly different um, sort of Elements that she she evaluates with her sort of checklist. She she uh, has gone for a more sort of yes or no or not applicable uh, sort of grading system in in her critical evaluation of a contents based iPod slash iPad app um, form. And it's things like you know the curriculum connection and authenticity of the um, the environment. Again, feedback's quite important in there. But what I was quite in- interested in was although Tony's talked about the usability, okay, so to how the student mm-hmm. or the teacher can use and operate the app, either independently or with a lot of help, yeah. um, she's sort of focused on separate topics of instructions and the app support page. Okay. Um, so so sort of with app help within the app and then sort of external help if you're really, really stuck. And I think that's quite important to consider as well when you're a classroom teacher. Yeah. Is that, you know, sometimes you're going to hit problems, sometimes... Um, the app will keep crashing for, for, for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, if you can't get into the app to access the instructions, where'd you go? Yeah. So that kind of thing's important. Now these and are yeah, yeah. That's that's sometimes the danger with um, usually the the bigger app developers usually have a, a website based um, side of things as well where they can say the here's our app. If you get any questions, you know you can contact us here. But sometimes the certainly. You would probably find this more, um, and we're not proponents of, of either operating system, we're not here to say that Android's better than iOS or vice versa, but certainly you would find more on Android would be sort of littler developers because it's more open source. You would find that there's an app that's maybe only been developed by a boy sitting in his garage sort of saying, here's an app that might be working quite well. So he might not have that same level of support that an app that's made by a company like Evernote, for example, where they have a, a large sort of product base and they have a large um, number of staff that they can actually have a, a higher support. So sometimes the sometimes the platform that you're working on can also you yeah. know, dictate the level of support that you might find. But it's interesting that you, you picked Evernote because they're having a lot of problems with their support just now. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's there's blog posts on that if, if, yeah. if anyone listening is interested in that. But the that was what I was going to say. I think, you know, if you're evaluating iPod and, or, or any sort of app, you need to take it a bit further, I think, than just the instructions and the support page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to actually find out if they are re- responding to, you know, if they've got a forum, if they're responding to the forum posts. If... Uh, if you know it's only an email address, 
maybe that person who's sitting in the garage can reply to all the emails. Yeah. Maybe there's there's such a small user group um, in the first instance, or they're they're so well organised that they can actually get back to all these people who send them emails and, and log support calls. Whereas maybe you know if there's a a large company who's focused on growing, they maybe are focusing on you know new versions of their app and they're not supporting as yeah, exactly yeah so yeah it's it's a bit of a minefield it is yeah. it is you can see why people get get um, sort of bogged down in it and confused and you know just tell us what apps work you know but you know it it, it really does it really does um, open up the open up the, the the field of how much you can actually delve into this and that's it, yeah. And yeah. You, you want, I mean, you're a busy, you're a busy classroom teacher, or you're a busy, you know, sort of a technology integration coordinator, or, or whatever. And you need to be able to very quickly sort of go through and say, yeah, that app's good. Yeah. I've checked it out. It's got a support page. Um, so these things maybe should be iterative. Um, and, and that you know, new versions come out. Maybe the new version adds features, removes features. And you know, maybe someone needs to come back and revisit these things. Um, I did want to. I know we're kind of not really speaking about the learning and teaching yet, but the the interesting thing I saw the difference between Tony's and, and Kathy's was that the thinking skills weren't particularly um, sort of highly visible at all. Yeah. in Kathy's one, I mean, she's got the levels of Bloom's taxonomy. Do you think that's enough? I I wouldn't say so. I, I would. Um yeah, no, we're not, don't want to destroy. Cats. No, no, not at all. Because you know, anyone that that can take um, something, release it to the masses, and allow people to um, allow people to use it for their own um, purposes is is excellent. And you know, very grateful to anyone that does that type of thing because it just makes ah. it makes uh, life and jobs a whole lot easier for a lot of people. I don't know if using Bloom's taxonomy is is enough. Um, I think with that, you're kind of tying yourself into a very um, restricted, you know, you can only say that, right, it shows remember but what if it's something that actually can do all, you know, it can do all, all six, yeah. you know um, maybe you, you need to elaborate more on, on the levels of Bloom's taxonomy, you know, it could be that there is a there is a, 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 tick, a tick list on the other side that maybe has does this app um, does this um, app um, tick the box for remembering in Bloom's taxonomy and if the answer is yes, then please elaborate. You know, so it maybe have a little bit more room for expansion in that type of thing. How does this app aid in remembering? How does this app aid in, an, in analysing? Rather than saying yes, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, actually go into a wee bit more detail with it and actually say what what specifically about this app encourages pupils to develop their remembering skills or their analysing skills. Or, or you know, I, I don't know what you think. I mean, personally, um, I. I think that you know when you, you get to the point of tick list, you need to have lots of user input into it. Yeah. So it's more of a, a cumulative decision rather than just someone one person going, yes. Yeah. Um, it's that. And if, yeah. You know, I, I'm at this point where I haven't really recommended any apps to any of the teachers. We're, we're not at the stage where we've got iPads yet. Yeah. But it's coming soon, and when we do, I don't really personally don't don't really want to sort of say, well, I've looked at five apps. This is what I think of them. Therefore, you're getting three of those, and I'm keeping two of them from ever being bought because yeah. you know I don't think that it's motivational enough to students because it, it depends on the teacher. And you've it got does. you know um, you've got teachers who can really you know motivate kids to do 
uh, their pupils to do absolutely anything. Yeah. Um, and then you've got teachers who do need help in that, in that sense. And I suppose in that case, you know, a, a very sort of motivational iPad app can help make their lessons more engaging. Yeah. But um, I think that if it, if I was going to go down the route of, of using Cathy's as it is, yeah, um, I would want to create a, some sort of digital resource so so where teachers can kind of. Uh, discuss it rather than absolutely know, yeah and and also add new things to it so you know if somebody thinks that Bloom's taxonomy um, sort of so the analysing element of Bloom's taxonomy refer, you know relates to that application and someone comes along and goes yeah but in, in you know in a different subject it would be a creating you know it would, it would address yeah, that yeah that's it it's yes yeah um, I mean obviously the sub- subjects subject specific and teacher specific can vary things um, immensely I mean um, you, all you have to do is look at uh, an app that you know an, an, an app like Numbers or Pages or Keynote yeah. how these apps can actually be I mean these apps would be great for evaluating and creating but they would be used in so many different ways like under, like some people could argue that those types of apps could be used to aid understanding so I think yeah I would totally agree that um, that type of um, that, that type box that's on Cathy's with the, the levels has to be backed up by either some sort of quantitative data or something where it's actually there's evidence of how this has actually aided it. So you could say, like, um, um, like for example, I'm quite keen to see how the the impact of apps that are going to enhance numeracy. Um, and one way that I would say that it's either going to be um, helping their remembering or, or applying would be to have sort of before and after data. So quantify their data beforehand. Maybe do a, a quick assessment with them. That would be some of the, the sort of the common questions. Use the app to see if we could enhance the gaps. And then take a look at the, the the results afterward, and then that would actually be my evidence of measuring the impact of it, and actually taking it that way. But active discussion, um, just in in the same way that as classroom teachers, we would encourage active discussion between pupils. Yeah. There really has to be active discussion between between staff, and that's where a situation like you and I have is is quite good. I mean, we're obviously we're both at different uh, Ian's at a different establishment. Um, I'm obviously with a local authority, but that doesn't stop us sitting and, and having discussions such as this one where we can actually have an active discussion. We can measure um, how things work, um, the impact of, of, first and foremost, the impact of using technology within within teaching and learning is something that we're both... I mean, we've had endless chats, even on uh, sort of nights out where we're supposed to be sociable. We're still sitting in the corner having conversations about technology being used in teaching and learning. We're in the extreme geek um, end of things, but perhaps, at the, so. perhaps <laughs> but at the same time, it's something that we both have a we both have an interest in, and it also it so to come back to what we were saying earlier about how it's used within. Uh, specific classrooms and specific subjects it's how engaged the, the teachers are sometimes more than anything else if a teacher finds that the app is is worthwhile they'll do more to sort of take it forward yeah. um, whereas if a teacher doesn't if a teacher's not as enthusiastic or a teacher doesn't find the app as useful in their teaching and learning they might, might not take it forward and it's sometimes you don't find that enthusiasm until you speak to someone that's actually been using it a different way from you and you actually go, wait a minute, that might actually apply into my subject. So, you know, if you are doing this within your schools and there's a there's a group of you within an ICT group or a teaching and learning group and you're having active discussions on this, you'll maybe find that you start taking things forward in a in a um in a sort of a, a whole school approach. You know, yes, this app may work in subject A, but subject B might actually find a use for it and then you can actually look at it as a as a whole school approach. So absolutely. I think you're I think you're spot on. Um sort of 
what I was thinking was so maybe the the sort of the, the sort of second half of Cathy's um, rubric, I suppose, uh, mm-hmm. the valuation document. You know, the level of blooms that was on made f- uh, further down is more something to have in this uh, that would develop in discussion and because otherwise you know you're never actually going to select an app because you know if you if you're going to go get baseline data before you you try out the app um and then you you're, you're sort of comparing the impact of that and that's definitely valuable but if you're you know i don't know i'm just trying to imagine a situation where a department gets a set of ipads and they say right okay so we need to pick you know 10 apps that we're going to uh, start with and then we're going to evaluate as we as we run i think maybe some there's there's there's, a, there's definitely scope for including things like the the learning curve of that app and the confidence the staff have on first glance. Yeah. Um, which is something I I probably would you know just through discussion with you just now would probably try and include in any sort of evaluation mm-hmm. for you know regardless of whether whether I'm in in the meeting with with the, that teacher or not or you know it's like at first glance how easy is it for you to understand the user interface? Yeah. Because if staff don't have confidence in using the app then they're probably not going to engage with it I, 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 couldn't, agree, I couldn't agree more we're, we're kind of um, someone yeah, I was speaking to yesterday used a, used a good phrase um, where they were sort of saying it's they're almost marketed as, as accessories in some way you know it's I called it the magpie syndrome you know you were kind of attracted to an app because it was ooh shiny um, and you know it's um, it is I mean it, it you know, it goes back to that old um, your first taste is with the eye type of thing. The first time you open an app, if the app appears, if the uh, app appears sort of bright and colourful and uh, has a really straightforward user user interface, like I'm, I'm thinking, um, uh, like a, an app called Clicker Six, for example, which is quite it's quite an expensive it's quite an expensive app. It's it's almost um, it's almost twenty pounds in uh, Dubai, but it has a really nice user interface and it's great for younger pupils Um, and that has a you know that's that's one of these things right away is uh, on Cathy's is the the user the user friendliness right away it would be could they launch it and navigate it independently yes Um, you know it's got nice big buttons it's got nice sort of straightforward clean crisp interface and it it, something like that gets people engaged right away so it's almost as if first and foremost is the app user friendly because if it's user friendly then engagement automatically would would come right after it Um, you know, it's why do we like Angry Birds so much? Angry Birds is straightforward and easy to play, and it, it pushes it right up, um, right up in the app store because so many people find that it's addictive and it's good to use. Um, but it's you know, it's bright colours, it's it draws you in. Um, simple controls. Simple yeah. controls. Yeah. So something that is straightforward, easy to use, brings you in. You start finding use for it. You get you find that the pupils get engaged in using it, and usually, you start a discussion. You start a discussion with another teacher and you say, I've just been using this app, you should have seen what was happening in my class. And maybe come in and take a look, see what's happening, start to build that, oh, when can I get a shot at the, when can I get a, a use of the iPads for that? Um, it's kind of like iMovie. I mean, iMovie is is sort of very nice to use on the on the iPads because it, it has that sort of drop your pictures here and then we can edit it. And the thing about your pupils to remember is, they pick this up a lot quicker than, than teachers do. They they really... I'd say some of them. Some of them, yeah. yes, I would agree with that. I wouldn't say that all of them, but there are there will, you will find that there will be pupils in your classes that will pick these up very, very quickly. Um, so they might not always be the best gauge of how engaging an app is. You might want to take the pupil that isn't 
doesn't get it as quickly and how do they how do they find it how do they um, how do they find using it after a, a little bit of time and then use them as a, a sort of a gauge of, of, of uh, user friendliness and pupil engagement absolutely I mean I think you know if, if the technology becomes a barrier to their learning then then you know you're doing the wrong thing yeah you back away straight away yeah um, I mean we still haven't talked really about the the impact on the kids apart from the motivation and you know I mean I, Things like Angry Birds. I mean, I'm, I'm a big sort of fan of game-based learning, mm-hmm. and, and this could go off on a tangent here. Yeah, but uh, I'll try not to. Yeah. And the um, we do have a habit of that. We do have. A we habit, do have absolutely. a habit. We'll the, try and keep this under two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, things like Angry Birds. Obviously, there's applications in physics. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you, you don't want teachers thinking, "Oh, I've just lost control of my lesson mm-hmm. um, because I've just said to them, right, here you go. Here's here's Angry Birds.'" Uh, here's a task for you to, to evaluate using the, the game. I mean, how is there anything you can do while you're evaluating the apps for your department or for your school where you can maybe, what is the point of highlighting the, the potential for not off topic learning, but the potential or, 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 the, or the need rather for sort of increased boundaries at that point maybe guided access or yeah um, I mean gu- guided access or um, you know guided access for those of you that don't know an iOS is the ability to lock an app into lock lock the iPad into one specific app so it's usually usually a triple click of the home button will lock um, the iPad into an app and it's quite good if you're like um, I used to use it I, in, my, in my teaching practice obviously I was a math teacher um, and one of the things that a lot of people said was they forgot was was their was their calculator, um, but they would have a smartphone or an iPod Touch or an iPhone in their pocket. Can I use this? And I said, Well, yes, but you have to put it into guided access. What do you mean? And I said, Well, if you don't mind, I'll put it into guided access for you, and you'll be locked into that app until I, I, you know, I say you're good to come out of it. Um, even if you're you're wanting to show the the iPad, um, I I have a, a four year old and a two year old, and they are sort of keen to use these things left, right and centre and one of the things that I do is when, I'm, when we're in the car we've got the, the sort of the headrest mounts um, and when we're travelling up and down to, to see my mum just outside Glasgow we put the iPads in and have a, have a, a movie on for them uh, so they have a movie each trouble is my daughter is Harold Houdini and can get out of her you know, she can break the shackles of her car seat and she can get herself forward and she would start tapping the screen. So one of the things we started doing was putting the, the video into guided access where there was there was no way of doing that. Um notice how we went off on a tangent. Um, Absolutely. So sorry to come back to to come back to what um Ian was saying about can you limit things with guided access. Yes. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Angry Birds. I I I'm also a keen advocate of uh, of game based learning. But you know um, there was a there was an ability in uh, maths, um, and I'm, I'm thinking more sort of early years uh, maths, where pupils actually start to you can start to build in types of lessons. And I think it was I think it was Mr. Parkinson um, on uh, Twitter um, at ICT underscore Mr. P, um, and he has a, an absolutely wonderful blog um, on how to actually integrate technology. And one of the the, the lessons that I found that he did was using Angry Birds to, to sort of teach number ones and addition, subtraction, all these types of things. So he took each character within Angry Birds and he assigned them... Um
cleaners. Sorry about that. That was the that was the that was the cleaners coming in. Um, that I've just noticed how long we've been talking. Um, yeah, so sort of going back to what was happening there. Um, um, he assigned each of the the birds a, a, an amount, so they were given a level. So. Um, Let's say, for example, the the level had three of Chuck, and Chuck's the red one, um, the the two blue, and one of the uh, the the yellow ones. So it would be using three Chucks and a and a yellow bird. What's maximum score you could get? Okay. Um, you know, or you've got you know what would be the combination left, or what would be the total that you could get from this type of lesson? If I can find the link, I'll I'll put it into the the course description, but. He did a, um, the lesson that he described had a combination of paper-based learning and uh, blended le- a blended learning approach using technology, yeah. and I think it again. You were saying how can you stop the, the 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 idea that the lesson has run away from you is if you you find it's it's tricky to find the balance, yeah. but if you can find the balance between using the app and using and using a, a lesson that is based around the app. Then you you should hopefully, you know, we all do it. The minute we get a piece of technology, the first thing I don't know about the rest of you, but the first thing I do is I'll take a selfie to see what the camera's like, or I'll take a you know I'll, I'll play about with it and I'll actually get a feel for it. Pupils do the same. Yeah. We know that pupils will do the same. Um, but your classroom management does come down to it, and unfortunately, we all know of, of individuals who will not do it because they're fearful that their that their classroom management is going to go, and. You know, not to to paint it, but there are individuals whose classroom management would would be in that situation with or without technology. Yeah, I think. Um, um, I mean, uh, and, and it wasn't you know just the the fact that you know using the highly motivating apps might lose well might might mean to a teacher that they might give them the fear that they're losing control. But um, I think you know as well as the confidence in, in being able to use individual apps themselves uh, and being able to sort of self-evaluate what's useful to them if they get something that's recommended to them from maybe their, their head of department or their, their deputy or, or another school um, that they spend you know it's important that they spend time getting to know that app and, and trying its ins, ins and outs uh, I'm, I'm just thinking sort of you know hardware and software you need to get to grips with all the features that your device has yeah um, and I'm, I'm thinking of an example and this happened to me um uh, and I'm a computing teacher. Uh, in that, you know, we're trying out uh, one of the devices. I think it was a Samsung Ativ, and uh, it was a Windows 8 touchscreen. Yeah, I remember you showed me this. It was yeah, and uh, you know, just just passing it around the class within you know a couple of you know, gone through you know, maybe two or three of my pupils, and then suddenly it came back to me without a touchscreen. <laughs> and then, and if that was the first day, I ha- well, it was the first day I had the Ativ, and I was like, how how do I get back to that? Yeah. And I don't think, you know, teachers will... I mean, I, I was quite happy with the idea of, you know, going into the, the settings menus, but a lot of teachers won't be. And, yeah. and you don't want that lack of experience to put you off from, from making use of apps to, to enhance your learning. But yeah. it has got to enhance your learning. There's, uh, I mean, there, there must... I've, I've been to enough schools, I think, um, the last sort of year where... And you're probably in the same boat, where yeah. you, you see good use of... Of, of devices and you see bad yeah. use of ed- education technology uh, and that could just be overuse or it could be you know missed opportunities and things and it's just being brave enough to take the risk in the first instance yeah um, 
and that's quite easy when you're not paying for the app so it's a free app or, yeah, or it's a demo version of the app and, yeah. and you can take that risk but if you're you know, paying £15, £16 pounds for an app and you ask all the kids to buy it and then you use it once a year yeah. that's not value for money and you know you'll soon hear about that through your, you know, your line manager when the yeah, parent, definitely. parent complaints come in exactly um, that, I mean that's it I mean obviously um, the app has to yeah it's the added value of the app rather than you know what can you know do we waste money on this app or do we do we look at um, simply going for the free version to, to almost like an evaluation process of it before so I think what we're what we're trying to make clear is it's almost like this try before you buy you know actually make sure that you know using the the the, the steps that are outlined on the on the rubrics that we're we're going to be sharing with you you know the, the evaluating the app more than anything else actually make sure that it's it's is going to help you make sure that it does what you want it to do um, yeah. in a way. Yeah, and I mean, and not just using the app. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of apps out there. Yeah, that don't have trial versions. So you know, do a bit of research. I mean, you, you know, as, as Kathy's uh, sort of uh, one pager suggests, you know, look for the support page, look at the website, look at the videos that are on YouTube, search on Twitter. You know, use yeah. use other educators who maybe have used the app before and find examples of how it's been used. But I think you know. Within your own school, if you can get a group of people who are evaluating these apps, I don't think that one person should really be responsible for no. evaluating everything. No. Um, and even if they are initially responsible for deciding, well, I think that's a good one to try. They should be open to the idea that other teachers are going to come along with their ideas and mm-hmm. their different teaching styles. And uh, they should be open enough to do that. And I think these evaluations should be iterative, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, Just because you think on, you know, on Wednesday that it's not particularly um, usable doesn't mean that you know in a month's time the new version or even the same version you yeah. suddenly worked out like for example with explain everything when you, I was in Boston and we found the, the golden play button the golden play button exactly yes. yeah, um, so. you know that, that that opened up a whole sort of uh, whole new sort of part of the, the yeah. app that I hadn't used and before then I wasn't think I was thinking that was, some of it was a bit difficult to, yeah. to, to sort of get your head around Um but you know, just that one feature in, improved the usability no end. Um, similarly, you might think that something's highly engaging for for pupils because it's maybe the flavour of the month, like maybe the Angry Birds. Yeah. And you know, within a year, you come back to it with your next year class, and it's not quite as engaging because it's yeah, you know, it's, it's a, not it's it's, it's moved past. on. The sign of the, you know, it's um, I, I think yeah, I think that's a, a a great way of putting it. I can't actually put it any better myself. You know, it's it's not just evaluated this app. This app is no good draw a line under it, definitely take that iterative approach, evaluate it on an ongoing basis, maybe come back to it in, you know, four or six weeks time, have another look at it, maybe in that time it's pushed out an update um, maybe there's an added feature or maybe as Ian says, you actually just come back and you, you, you're you speaking to either teachers in your, your uh, subject group or you've done a wee bit of research on Twitter or, or on online and you've actually come across a piece of research that Actually shows that this app's actually very good, and it's you know you, you you come back to it and you have a look. Um, I mean, there's there's apps that we've stopped using um, that sometimes just don't have a a, a place in the then and the the data now. But as you say later on uh, in your even next term next session, yeah. you might actually find a use for it. So yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean. Um I'm trying to think of a good example of putting Thinglink you know when I went to Boston Thinglink was not really anything I'd looked at it and I wasn't particularly impressed I yeah. didn't think there was any use and then 
while I was there I managed to speak to a few people, Lisa Johnson um, and yeah. you know th- they showed me how they could use it in, in, their, in their lessons and that turned a light bulb on so. There's another good example that you and I um, we were both huge fans of Book Creator yeah. Um, so Book Creator, for those of you that don't know, is if you think of iBooks Author, where you can actually create an interactive textbook, embed videos, text, images, all these types of things. Book Creator is the, the iPad version of that and allows you to sort of take and um, the pupils find it very easy to use. So, you know, you would find it on, on this sort of scale of um, app evaluation, it would be user friendliness would be quite high. But after Ian came back from Boston, he, he um, introduced me to another one called Creative Book Builder. And Creative Book Builder is also a very, very good application. It has a completely different user interface, but has the same end result. So it's not just a case of there's one app to do one thing. There are multiple apps to do multiple apps to do multiple things. And again, you know, Ian and I, if I think Eve, maybe if Ian was on his own, he'd, he'd still be the same. But if it was. It, you know the fact that Ian and I have these sort of these active discussions about what works, what doesn't work. We we then sort of share that information with other people, and it, it starts this whole sort of daisy chain of this app works very well in the, in situation X, this app works very well in situation Y. So yes, I, I I've gone back to it again, and Ian also said, have active discussions with people in your schools, um, ICT groups, um, even if it's a, a cluster meeting. With you know, say there's a there's iPads being trialled in your cluster, and you're all looking at it from the same let's say numeracy as a as a as a focus of your have an, a, an active discussion and actually take it forward because that is instead of having one person do it as Ian said that's not the way to do it. One person doing it is and, we're, and don't take as what we're saying as golden, but we we just have we have experience in, in what does work um, and. We also have experience in how difficult it can be when it is just one person sort of leading the charge. With, you know, if there's a group of you that are working together, you find that you get on a lot better in the implementation of these, uh, either the hardware or the software. It's just that much easier within your within your uh, your schools and your your, your yeah. classrooms. You, you don't want to be, you know, creating stuff in, in a vacuum and, and you know, and then keeping that in a silo all to yourself and, and not sharing it with the world. Yeah. I mean, we're not the first people to say, you know, get yourself on Twitter and. Sort of start making links with people, but yeah. um, it doesn't have to be even that. It could be sort of in, just in the staff room. And I've had a lot of sort of really valuable conversations about you know educational technology, not even using you know iPads or, 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 or tablets, but just using things like well, sort of mini microphone podcast recorders. Yeah, and you know um, maybe sort of older ed tech or last generation ed tech, I suppose you, you can call it. Just little things that the teachers hadn't done before but they've come up to me in the staff room or we've chatted over coffee and they've said coffee chat and they've, they've, they've yeah. chatted, chatted about it and they've said you know this really made an impact in my, yeah. in my class today and that is what you want is the bottom line is that yeah. it makes an impact on the kids learning um, I you know whether whether it's you know remembering you know they're better at remembering or better at creating it doesn't really bother me as long as they're better at something yeah that's um, it I, I totally agree. As long as, as long as you see, I mean, I found it a great motivational tool with lower, low, uh, you know, disengaged oh, yeah. pupils, and you you might find that yourselves. They're they're they really find themselves, it, and they started doing better. At it, it was their remembering that they were their their recall became much better, and it was just we found a different platform. But it, as you say, just some sort of improvement, some sort of impact, um, for the, in the positive for the better, um. Whether it's whether it's evaluating, whether it's creating, 
doesn't matter. As long as you can see some sort of pupil impact, then yeah. that that app has done its job, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, you know, maybe to sort of to, to round off before you do any sort of evaluation, you need to give staff, whether it's yourself or whether it's your department or, or, or you know your entire district, you need to give them time to play. You need to give them time to tinker. Yeah, a bit like you would give the kids time to tinker with, with any sort of new. Um, Sort of classroom resource before they actually get into the sort of nitty gritty of actually learning. Definitely, and um, there needs to be a bit Definitely. of a, a lead in time. Yeah, uh, but as as a sort of te- technology coordinator, your job is to kind of help them by you know pointing them in the right direction. Yeah, and I suppose that that's you know what these um, rubrics should help you to do is to sort of say, well, you know, this one's quite good at differentiation, or this offers maybe some more opportunities for differentiation, and then you can start the dialogue with the classroom teachers, and they can see how. Yeah, and you can start to say, well, if you go and see art department, they've they've got a, a good thing going with this particular app, and maybe you go and see the languages department, they've got something which you might be quite interested in. Um, and so, if anything, these should be the start of a discussion, not the sort of final word. Brilliant. Well, I think that's. Um, that, I think we're going to start to round it off there. Ian, where can we find more information from you? Where can people? So I get more info from, from you on social media and whatnot. I was going to say uh, about the podcast. I've got no idea because we haven't finished it yet. But no. um, the the Twitter is probably the best place to catch me yeah. um, at Family Simpson. And uh, is that the same for yourself? It will be. Yes, it will be at mcoots eighty one. Um, you can find them bo- both on Twitter. Um, I think we're also going to maybe create a, a Gmail account. Um, maybe coffee chat at gmail dot com if we can. If, if it's not taken. If it's not taken, and what we'll hopefully do eventually is if we get a. A, a strong enough listener base if people want to send us in uh, email us questions or email us a couple of things that we could maybe have a chat about and maybe give you an answer um, or, get we'll be, we'll, or get involved you know if you're wanting to come down and uh, have a have a chat with us and get on the on the podcast we'd be keen for that as well so um, I think that's probably a good place to, to tie it off my, my thanks to Ian um, and if you are listening to this my thanks to you because um, that's that's what we're here for is to get the get the information out there and get you get you guys sort of going forward with it so thank you very much and until next time we shall say bye bye from him (laughs) (laughs) see you there see ya